Hello, Barbara. Hello. What is happening with you? I'm tired. You look tired. <laughs> I feel tired. So I guess I'll start by letting everyone know a little bit about what's going on with me and um, why I may be a little more scattered than normal, a little less prepared than normal. <laughs> my my father is has not been doing well over the last couple months and had a few falls and had to go into assisted living or into a nursing facility for uh, for about a little over a month. Well, he did come home, so he is now home, but uh, I had to help prepare the house. Um, so, you know, my parents are up there, so uh, there's some things that needed to be done, and then we needed to prepare a room on the first floor uh, for my dad. So converting a family room into uh, a room that could accept a hospital bed. Um, so that all happened. It's but a lot of work and a lot of time. And of course, I still have my adult children and they like to drop their children off with me. So I have the grandkids and my job and and all that. So this podcast and this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. If I want liquor, I can have liquor during the podcast. Right. <laughs> I am not drinking today. I am too tired. Yeah. Um, no. And that's a whole nother story. And please understand we we do not drink all the time in fact the last two weeks absolutely not because it is slick outside and there is like no way do i need to be even a little bit tingly in traffic no and after um after cracking open this this bottle of crown here uh, we have some salted caramel crown in in the studio um I decided that waiting for red lights was just not something I was going to do last time. <laughs> okay, um, noted. Yeah. Thank you for letting yes. me know that today. <laughs> so, I mean, I was not impaired to drive, um, I don't believe. Uh, but yeah, definitely at 930 at night did not feel like waiting for red lights when I was the only car. So mm -hmm. I didn't. <laughs> realized had I been pulled over this is the one time that I actually might not have passed a breathalyzer okay so not the greatest idea not the greatest idea and we do not want drinking and driving we value other people and ourselves no yes <laughs> we do so my exhaustion on top of my lack of give a shit when I drink <laughs> means I'm not drinking today <laughs> Uh, so he's home now? He is home now. Um, he came home on Friday and then today we had his first home visit. We had a, um, physical therapy and a doctor from their, his practice, his, um, doctor's practice came out to visit him at home today. So that was exciting, by the way. Um, <laughs> yummy doctor? <laughs> possibly. If he's single, yes. <laughs> He checked the white hair and glasses, both boxes. Which, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so my parents have a have been given a task that if I am not there the next time he comes out, they need to figure out a way to get him to remove his gloves so we can see if there's a wedding ring under there or not. Mm. But I looked really hard at that finger. There was not a bump, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I was looking. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, and and I there was no shame in my game either 
because I said it right in front of the physical therapist and then had to explain to him that I wasn't interested in him because he didn't have white hair. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I told him he was safe. (laughs) (laughs) It was probably a very odd conversation for him to listen to. Yeah. But that's okay. So Barbara's father is Mr. Jokester for sure. And her mom just kind of goes with the flow and has a zinger every now and then. And if you remember our previous conversation about Cards Against Humanity and her mom always winning, like this, the three of them are something. (laughs) (laughs) So let me just tell you the story about Saturday. So dad came home on Friday. We didn't really know what to expect. Um, being during the pandemic, of course, we couldn't go see him in the nursing home. And um, they're also working with a skeleton staff on site. So actually getting hold of people has been an issue as well. So we had lots of questions when he came home. So Saturday, the first nurse comes out, you know, to check his vitals and things. And um, my father has a sore on his backside, assumably from, you know, being in the bed for so long. Um, I have not seen it myself, uh, so I can't say for sure. Anyhow, the nurse said that she wanted to take a look at it. And my dad made some funny comment about how they kept looking at his butt, um, you know, when they were, when he was at the nursing home. Um, so it must be something worth seeing back there, something to that effect. So I had said, well, if we find, you know, a single in your underwear later, then we'll know she liked what she saw. So it was just, you know, one of my little goofy comments I made. Well, then about five, 10 minutes later, we're going through my dad's box of pills and there's a $20 bill in there. I was like, well, hey, dad, we found a 20. Now we know what she thinks. (laughs) The nurse was still there and didn't like you could see this deer in the headlights look like she did not know what the hell to say because I just insinuated that she tipped my father 20 bucks for, you know, seeing his crack. So it was pretty funny. So anyway, then today he is in the bathroom when the doctor and I get there almost simultaneously. And so he's in the bathroom. So he doesn't have any pants on at this point. And then I help him put on his underwear um, because he can't bend over real well. So anyway, we asked my mom asked the doctor if he wants to take a look at his backside um, before he puts on his pants and sits down, you know, he's standing up at this point in the bathroom. And so I said something like the going rates 20 bucks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was pretty funny. We've had all these, you know, these comments about my dad's backside. And then so he has also has sores on his legs on his um, shins and uh, that I have to dress. So uh, we waited till the doctor was done, and then I was dressing them, the wounds in between the doctor and the physical therapist coming in. And um, so my dad still doesn't have pants on at this point. He's just got his underwear. And I was like, do you want to put on some pants? And there was some sort of comment about, you know, everybody else has gotten to see it. This guy might as well, too. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, so, you know, he's got his definitely his down moments, but his, his sense of humor is still there. And unfortunately they're delivering people right to the door and that's all the entertainment my dad's got. We're going with it. He can recycle his jokes to a whole new crop of people now. Oh, I didn't even think about that. 
Now, he hasn't actually cracked any jokes. It's more just been funny comments, you know, mm-hmm. on what's going on, you know. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm glad he's doing better. And I hope that you can relax now a little bit, maybe. Well, hopefully. Um, initially, the nurse had said that I needed, someone needed to be there um, when he would get in and out of bed. He's using a walker right now and things like that. So last night I had left, you know, midday and told my mom, let me know when, you know, he's ready to go back to bed. And I'd come over Well, about nine o'clock. I'm dozing off and I hadn't heard from her. So I call her and she's like, nope, we're good. I'm like, okay. So then she told me that she heard some noise and came to check on him. He was in the fridge. Oh, yeah. Not he did not like physically in the fridge, but (laughs) he made it there by himself. Made it there by himself. Decided Hims was hungry and he was going to the fridge. Okay, so he can do it. Yep. I think it depends on his his level of exhaustion. When we yeah. came home from the nursing home, of course, you know, he got had to come in the car. And that's his first time at even being outside in mm-hmm. like six weeks. And then, you know, having to get out of the car, we had ice on the ground. So that and then mm-hmm. up two steps into the house. Well, when the hospital bed had not arrived at that point. So we had him sitting in a chair. The hospital bed got there. When it was time to move him to the bed, he couldn't stand up. Mm. So we were like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? And then about an hour went by, you know, we did some other Mm -hmm. things. And then I'm like, you know, you ready to hop, you know, try to move to bed? And he's like, okay, stands up and off he went. So. Okay. Yeah. So I think it just, he has to rest up sometimes and. But we're getting there. He's like Mario. He just needs to level up. Boop, boop, boop. Look at you with the sound effects. Um, I don't know what Mario does. I have never, not even once, played Mario Brothers. I don't play. I watch sometimes. Colin or would play video games a lot. And gotcha. Mario would sometimes get big and it would make that noise. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, okay. Usually when he ate mushrooms. Speaking of that boop, boop sound effect... <laughs> My youngest granddaughter just yesterday grabbed a thing of hand lotion that was on my side table and she holds it out and goes, boop, or she goes, boop, boop. And we didn't know why she did that. And then she held out her hand. You know, she's there often when I'm putting lotion on in the morning. She usually shows up when I'm in the shower. Mm -hmm. So she put her hand out and I asked her if she wanted lotion and she said, "Uh uh-huh. So as I put a dollop of lotion in her hand, I went, boop. And then I realized that's what she was doing. (laughs) So she wanted one for each hand. Boop, boop. (laughs) That's not what she calls lotion. Yes. (laughs) But it's really funny. So I'll put it in the center of her hand and she does like finger paints it with one finger. Mm. So sometimes I'll ask her if she wants to, or she wants to help grandma put lotion on. And so one time I thought she could help me put lotion on my back and then one little index finger. (laughs) And she's not quite two, so it's not even a big finger. <laughs> I'm like, well, that wasn't helpful. Now I just have this glob of lotion in the middle of my back I can't do anything with. Uh, oh, I love the awareness of the sound effects now. <laughs> yes. Well, as people were pointing them out to me, I had no idea that I didn't realize that I spoke in sound. But I do. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm not looking at you, I don't understand the sounds. So. <laughs> Often gestures or a face yeah. to go with them. <laughs> Do you need a thesaurus sometimes for sure? Because sometimes the scrolly one, especially, is multi-use. Well, yeah, you mm-hmm. 
But, you know, look at the English language. We have there, there, and there. <laughs> you know, we reuse our own words, so yeah. I can reuse sound effects. That's true. That's true. That's my story. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I do apologize for not bringing a whole lot to the table lately, but I've had a lot going on. You know, as our lis- listenership grows and grows and grows, you will be right on time. So whatever. <laughs> well, if nothing else, I think we're going to, you know, get some gold out of having people come and visit my dad. For I sure. should get some comic gold out of there. <laughs> Been pretty funny. Uh, I hope that the doctor thing works out for you. Also, that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, it's the day after Valentine's Day or Single Awareness Day, whatever your status is. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people that I know are single and get kind of bummed about Valentine's Day. I do not. So I don't know. I never really get bummed about Valentine's Day because I never, even when I was in relationships, it's kind of just a day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I would get a card or something like that, but we never really bought into the whole Valentine's Day thing. So it doesn't, I don't put too much value in it. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest problem with it now is um, my ex, it's actually a couple of days before his birthday. So I more think about, oh, it's almost his birthday <laughs> than, <laughs> oh, I'm single. <laughs> so Yeah, it's kind of weird this year. I don't know. About the whole dating thing. And um, a few years ago, another friend of mine and I wanted to do something for Valentine's Day and make it like a singles meetup. So you could at least say you could go somewhere and have the potential of meeting somebody because it is kind of like all couples and any of the meetups were all couples related that we found at that time. And um, this year is not the year to do it. So... Well, we had a couple years back, we did a Galentine's Day where we had, there was like, what, five of us that Mm -hmm. were unencumbered with the opposite sex. Um, (laughs) I love that word, unencumbered. That's exactly (laughs) it. (laughs) So we all went out that day. And then I think the following year, I don't know if we did it more than one year. I know another year I spent it with my granddaughter and we made a day of it. Mm -hmm. So I just try to make sure I'm busy. So that I'm not available for a date either. <laughs> I haven't I haven't made any emergency plans yet for this year. I'll have to get on that. <laughs> well, I am happy to still be single and unencumbered for sure. I am just not ready for it. Um, I am working on myself and uh, I'm doing some things to better my relationship with myself, which brought me around to that DNA test that I had done like six months ago. Oh, yeah. So like in it were the foods like I can't eat black pepper and celery and, you know, lots of random stuff that my body rejects according to the DNA. And said so I was low on vitamin D and I really didn't pay too much attention to it. I'm like, yeah. So vitamin D, like I stopped tanning. Like that makes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Valentine's Day is when you realize that you don't have enough vitamin D. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't let that one go. <laughs> so then, um, I'm sure that I mentioned to you before that on there was something that my body doesn't digest beef, and I'm like, that's kind of a bummer because that's like what I eat most of is right. beef. And so I've been kind of avoiding beef because of that. 
And so I'm like, I need to find something to like supplement that and try to resolve that. And pepsin is what my body is lacking. And so I looked into what pepsin is and uh, it's not a gut biome, but it is an acid and it causes reflux, which I have reflux all the freaking time. And if I would balance that, it wouldn't be so bad. But in both of those things, um, vitamin D is linked to obesity and low pepsin is also linked to obesity. Huh. <laughs> what if I just paid attention to the signals that my body is giving me? How about that? Genius. <laughs> So I have ordered these supplements. I have to set reminders on my phone because I'm horrible about taking pills. So that's a whole other thing. For me, taking pills means that I have failed in some way in my health. And it just reminds me I have an illness, which then I feel really bad about again. And it's just like this whole circular thing in my mind. So I've got to get over that and just heal. I was really good with taking pills after my surgeries and things. Mm -hmm. um, but then, I, of course, I still need to take iron. I am always chronically borderline anemic and always have been. Um, I'm supposed to take iron. And now I'm lucky if I take it twice a week. Mm -hmm. I've just gotten out of the habit because I have to eat it with food. And I don't mm -hmm. eat. I mean, I eat, of course, but I don't have like a regular meal time where I did when I was home on recovery. Yeah. You know, when I did, could manage that stuff. Now it's just, okay, I'm home and I'm hungry. And then I forget about it. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So I, um, I'm paying attention to what, like, I paid good money for that whole DNA right. thing. Like, and I just, I paid attention to the whole black pepper thing and found a substitute for black pepper right quick and found a little grinder and everything for it. But like the big stuff, no, <laughs> let's not pay attention to the big stuff that, has bigger ramifications. So now, will that allow you, by taking these supplements, will you then be able to eat beef? Or is this a supplement for what you would have gotten from the beef? It is a supplement to help my body process protein. So beef included. But it really just rejects protein and makes protein become fat like instantly. It's like... And it... That was a whole new sound effect too. Like I am... <laughs> You are rubbing off on me way too much. But it just shifts everything over to fat and then causes me to have heartburn all the time. So does that mean like if you were to go keto, that would have been super bad? Well, I, I lost weight on keto. Fine. But I think it was the high fat part. So yeah, that's a whole other thing. Keto is not all about protein. It's high fat, low carb. Gotcha. And there is protein in there, but it's not not as much. So it's more fat and less carbs. So that's a whole different thing. Gotcha. But yeah, I did lose um, weight on keto. It's just really hard to maintain that. I would think so because that's a whole lot of stuff that I don't want to eat. Yeah. Or not a lot of the stuff I do want to eat, I guess. Yeah, it's it's not so fun. So that's me. I'm going to pay attention. I am going to honor my vessel is what I'm calling it. Okay. <laughs> I have only one and I have not liked anything about it from the time that I was born. And if I continue hating it, it is only going to deteriorate more. So how about I appreciate it? Well, it is the vessel that held, holds my best friend. So take care of it. Thanks. Welcome. And I also got very spiritual over the weekend and mm. thought... <laughs> Qigong. I, so my movements, like especially my knees and stuff like that, 
I am not as limber as I used to be. So Qigong, I think I'm going to take some classes. So I know that you were trying to be serious, but what I heard in that was Qigong. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I chuckled as you were talking. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So that is what I'm going to be doing for myself and my vessel and my well-being and my healing. Well, good. Thanks. I don't know that I can plan as much, but I'm going to try to take care of me when I can. You do a much better job of it. Now, it's. I think after your surgery, there was like a whole shift in what happened. Yeah, I think stress almost killed me. So. Yeah. <laughs> now who's going to take care of my parents and grandkids? You know, mm-hmm. I'm the only one in my generation in my family, so it's me. It's you. So if I kick the bucket... I can't rely on my kids to take care of my my parents and can't rely on my parents and kids to, not that I can't rely on them, that's not right, but um, yeah, I I have people relying on me, so I need to stick around. I rely on you. And I'm sticking around. Thanks. Okay, enough about me. So I promised black history stuff and I have some stories to tell. Well, good. I did not get nearly as much done on my promised project. I did... I fell asleep researching it. Well, that's awesome. (laughs) Anytime I sat down to have a free minute, I found myself asleep. You get a pass, okay? You just don't feel bad about it. You get a pass. (laughs) (laughs) I got some stuff, just not not what I intended. So what do you have for us? Okay. I have the story of Columbus resident Reverend James Poindexter. So he didn't start out in Columbus. He was born in 1819 in Richmond, Virginia, and his mom died when he was four. At the age of 10, this dude was apprenticing at a barber shop. Um, I don't know if that was common back then. I feel like that probably was to like get him out, get him, get him a job. I don't know. 10 seems kind of like I'm not giving a 10 year old scissors and said, here, you know, have out my head. Yeah, and I don't know if this is the time when butchers were also bloodletting and also doctors. I don't know. (laughs) That's a whole other thing. (laughs) The barber shop that he apprenticed in was in a affluent area. So he became really acquainted with the leadership in Virginia. And at 12, he moved to the big city of Columbus, Ohio. And he continued to go to school, but he was working on his own privately. As a barber. Again, wow, sure. at 12? At 12. Um, and so he got connected with the affluent, 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 what the hell? Affluent. Rich people. <laughs> Rich people here in Columbus. So um, at some point that led him to giving a sermon for the graduating class of uh, the college in Louisville, Kentucky. And for that, they gave him an honorary Doctor of Divinity degree. And so he was then baptized. He got super religious, apparently. He got baptized in 1840. And by 1849, he was the pastor of the Second Baptist Church in Columbus. So he he was all about the Jesus. Um, But he continued to work as a barber. And because the rich white dudes like to gossip in the barber shop, mm-hmm. he got info on where the dudes were going to be. And he was one of the awesome 
and uh, very successful conductors of the Underground Railroad because he knew where the peeps were going to be. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, later on, I think Teddy Roosevelt was the president that gave a bunch of money for a housing development here in Columbus, and it was the Poindexter Village. And that's oh, why it's okay. named that. But he was already gone by then. So Oh, yeah, I've heard of Poindexter Village. Yeah. So, and I think it's probably what I would think is... I don't normally think of other African Americans helping or being conductors on the Underground Railroad. I always thought about, you know, the white people that were hiding the escaping slaves. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe just because you don't think about black folk at that point, possibly. Tubman. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. she was she would have been arrested because mm-hmm. she was a, a fugitive as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the the more the role I think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'm completely wrong in that, but you always think about <clears throat> or hear about, you know, up north here, the white people, you know, hiding the slaves, runaway slaves in their basement or cellar or whatever, and then mm-hmm. moving them on. But I guess you just probably don't even think about black folk having land or anything. Right. Yeah. Somewhere to hide the the other mm-hmm. escaping slaves. And God, would they, what would happen to them if they were caught with runaway slaves? Yeah, I think that he was just a director. Like, all of the white dudes are going to be here, so don't mm-hmm. go in this area. Like, go around this way. Like, I think he just, like, diverted the people. And I don't know that they were staying at his house. That's what I did. I didn't get that from this. He was just, like, directing them where, oh, okay. the, gotcha. where the people out for them weren't. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I guess they probably could have come through the church, too. Mm -hmm, Probably. Okay. Yeah. So he was a cool dude. Um, Also, Ohio was the first state created by the terms of the Northwest Ordinance that forbade slavery in the territory. And on 11-1-1802, 32 delegates met to create the Ohio State Constitution Blacks were denied the right to vote by only one delegate vote. Wow. And that sucks because um, it could have swayed the other way. You know, if Ohio was the first and they said, yeah, we're going to let blacks vote, like how would the others, would they have gone status quo and said, okay, if Ohio says okay. You know, I, I just wonder what would have happened and what would have been different if that right would have not been the case. Absolutely. Yeah. So, excuse me while I flip my paper. I did hear about a um, a city in the South, and I don't remember where it was because I didn't plan on sharing the story. But evidently, early on, um, this city actually had, I think, Black people that were, I don't remember if it was mayor or city council, what it was. But I mean, this was a long time ago. Um, but then there was basically an uprising of some of the white folk. I think there was maybe a fire. I don't, like I said, I wasn't, didn't plan on sharing the story, but then that changed the, the way the city was run after that. And it wasn't, you know, I think now recently they, maybe they reelected a black mayor, but it's been all this time where, you know, they were integrated to begin with. And then just because, you know, the KKK came through or white supremacist or whatever swayed the other white folk into kind of going along with it. Mm-hmm. So just because they were scared of what would happen to them as well. That sucks. Yeah. So there's, I, I'm finding, I'm hearing more instances of if this would have gone this way, where would we be now? Kind of, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like there's so many places that were so close, you know, to 
being fully integrated. And maybe this is the, maybe this is the generation that'll do it. God, I hope so. Cause I'm really done with it. Um, and I know that black people are far more done with it than my white ass. So, oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, okay. So Alice Augusta Ball, she was born in Seattle in 1892. So her grandpappy, uh, lived in Hawaii, which is awesome. Uh, she, uh, moved there for a brief, brief time in her, uh, young, like high school age, um, because he was sick. So she helped him out and then went back to Seattle. Um, she graduated college with two degrees, pharmacological chemistry in 1912 and a pharmacy degree in 1914. And then she went back to Hawaii for grad school and got a master's degree in chemistry in 1915. She was the first African-American woman to have this degree. She was also the first to teach chemistry at the University of Hawaii. So that was huge for her. Um, after she started teaching, she began working on a research project involving the effects of chamolong, chamolongria oil or kava root. I probably butchered that oil, but whatever. And patients with Hansen's disease, which is also leprosy. She got really sick from all of the pressure of trying to do all of this stuff and had to return home to Seattle for her family. Um, she died a short time after and the obituary said she died from inhaling chlorine gas from trying to do this research. Oh, wow. She was only 24 years old. Holy crap. And she already had those degrees? Three and... degrees. Wow. A professor and Kieran leprosy for real. Uh, so after her death, Arthur Dean, who is the chair of the chemistry department at the Hawaii University, finishes her work and never credits her at all. I will call him asshat from now on. Um <laughs> In 1922, Harry Hallman, who was a uh, surgeon at the Hawaii hospital and mentor to Alice, knew that she was doing all of this work and published a paper giving Alice the full proper credit she deserved. And it wasn't until the year 2000 that the University of Hawaii acknowledged Alice as one of its most distinguished graduates. Wow. That sucks. It does. Especially in somewhere like Hawaii, you wouldn't think, I wouldn't think, you know, racism would be such a big deal since they're, a, you know, they're not really white people either mm -hmm. over there. So, yeah, um, no value. And Asshat didn't want to credit her at all or give her any thing, but she cured leprosy. And um, at 24, can you imagine what else she could have gone on to do? Oh, absolutely. That's a good one to lose. Yeah, right. Not a, not a good one to cut out, but like... Right, no, I... She was a good one, and she got... Yeah, we lost her. Yeah. I knew what you meant. Yeah. So, um, I, I was looking... F while I was doing the research, so even uh, a Poindexter, he was from an affluent family. Alice was from an affluent family. Poindexter was a Cherokee, African, and white. So he had very much Cherokee features. Oh, okay. And so all of the stories that I could find were stories that were passed down 
by families who could probably write and tell the tales. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so when I was looking, like I wanted to find like slavery to riches or slavery to business owner. And I think those records for the most part are just lost because there was no place to pass down the story to. Right. And that's incredibly sad. It is. Even even though a lot of our history has been whitewashed, at least there are records of, you know, the facts and the dates and, you know, whether they're completely true or not. At least there are, mm -hmm. you know, dates and cities and things we can look back in and uh, do our own research. But you're right. You know, while they, all a lot of the slaves would have, and slave families of slaves um, would have been their oral records a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as they got shipped around the country... You know, you may not be able, whoever you passed it down to may get shipped to another part of the country and mm -hmm. gets all disjointed. Yeah. So I'm glad that these people were alive and awesome and they did their part, but I know that there's so many stories that we'll just never know. True. Very true. And what did you find? Well, it is also President's Day. Yeah. So I was looking at a little bit about George Washington and if President's Day originally came because it was close to his birthday. His birthday was February 22nd. Eventually there was, um, you know, some act about these holidays and they made them on Mondays. So, you, you know, you could have long weekends and stuff. And then it was also close to um, Abraham Lincoln's birthday. I think his was the 16th, if I remember correctly. Um, so anyway, um, today is President's Day, thanks to, for, in part to George Washington. Well, he did have slaves, quite a quite a lot of slaves, but he struggled with it and he often spoke about it and wanted, tried to figure out how to end it. But he did eventually free his slaves in his will, at least the ones he had the power to um, to free. So his wife, Martha, uh, was a widower, was a widow, and her first husband had slaves. Well, being that they were property, they then came to Martha and they were called dower slaves. Um, so they belonged to his, her ex-husband's estate. So she did not have the power to free these slaves. So George Washington was able to free his own, but Martha's reverted back to the estate of her ex-husband on her death, and that those slaves were then divided up and sent to the grandchildren. Oh, yuck. Right. Um, so George Washington's free slaves were freed. Um, but then he also during his life, didn't like the harsh punishment that was um, inflicted on slaves. He realized that that could backfire. And so he encouraged his overseers to use encouragement and rewards. That was something way back when that he realized not to treat people so poorly. So we were talking about how a lot of slaves weren't educated. Well, the George Washington did actually receive a letter from an educated woman of color. Her name was Phyllis Wheatley, uh, shortly after becoming president. And um, she had sent him some poetry. But he did actually, one, he replied to a black woman and he addressed her as Miss Phyllis, which was not normally how you would refer to, you know, mm -hmm. it was considered very, you know, he, he referred to her in a proper manner. Um, so one, he replied to her. Two, he addressed her formally as Miss Phyllis, and then even invited her to come and visit him at his headquarters in Massachusetts. 
There is no record whether they actually met, but he did, you know, put the offer out there. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, but then when he did die, it said that in uh, the elderly and elderly and sick slaves were to be supported by his estate. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yes, he owned slaves, but he felt bad about it. Um, but he was also the only one of the founding fathers to free the slave, their slaves on his, his death. Hmm. So George Washington was a pretty cool dude. I and wish, you know, there was more like him. Yeah. And it, he took it in a baby step direction. Like, could he have done more? Possibly. We all have a choice at any time to make that decision to say, no, I'm just not going to do this. And he showed people another way right. um, to do it. So baby steps is a baby step in the right direction. And eventually, you know, it ended. So it did. I think he started the ball in the right direction. At least the fact that it said that he spoke out about it. So other people, you know, that people are talking about it. And, and he was from Virginia. So, you know, he wasn't a northern boy or anything. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, you know. He was thinking about it, even being, I think they said that he had his own slaves when he was like 11 because his father died. So he was a slave owner very, very young. Wow. Right. Well, I said 11 is young, but your guy was 12 and <laughs> and already and had wedding. his own barbershop. So who knows? Um, then I decided to hop on the other side of the pond. I wanted to um, discuss some African Americans in rock and roll. And I planned to get more done, but I didn't. Yeah, you got a pass. So, Don't worry. That's right. <laughs> I'm just explaining why there's no Americans in, um, that, that I'm talking about today. So um, I was doing some research on Philip Paris Lynette which was the lead singer from Thin Lizzy. Mm -hmm. um, he's actually, he grew up at least partially in England, but um, he's, why can I not think of Ireland? Gee, many Christmas. I even have an Irish fish and I can't come up with Ireland. <laughs> Ooh, more about fish in a little bit. So anyhow, um, Philip was born in England in um, 1949. His mom, Philomena, was Irish. She was from Dublin, but moved to England for work. His father, um, Cecil, was actually from uh, British Guiana, and he also moved to England for work. Mm. So they were not married, and they were not even in a long-term relationship. She discovered after they split that she was pregnant. And of course, she kept the child. And um, unfortunately, he experienced racism there in England and was sent to live with his grandparents. So big surprise. Mm. Um, things in England went about the same way. So a mixed race boy was not, uh, was teased. So he was sent to Ireland to live with his grandparents. So he had his first father figure there. And then, <clears throat> pardon me. So he was in a band before Thin Lizzy and he would sing off key. Discovered that his tonsils were the reason he was singing off key. So he took some time to recover. But by the time he came back, one of the other guys in the band had taken over singing. So, and they decided not to bring him back into the band. Well, this guy, um, Shields, felt bad about it and they were good friends. So he taught him how to play the bass. So he was the singer and bass player for Thin Lizzy. So that is how he became the bass player. But then the name of the band itself, Thin Lizzy, 
came from a, oh, I think it was a comic. And there was something in there. It was Tin Lizzie. Mm. Turns out Tin Lizzie is, L-I-Z-Z-I-E, is the nickname for the Ford Model T. Turns out one of the Harry Ford's slogans, Henry Ford, slogans for the Model T was any color you like as long as it's black. Philip loved it. And so it was even more fitting. And so Thin Lizzy stuck. And uh, for you youngsters, you may know some of their songs. Whiskey in a Jar was, it's actually an Irish folk song that they redid. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I thought they were the originators. But then more notably, Metallica covered it. I actually don't like Metallica's cover of that song. Um, But then they sung also Boys Are Back in Town and Jailbreak were some of their other big songs. Unfortunately, he had some troubles with drugs and most notably heroin, and he died in 86. Mm -hmm. So he is gone, um, but I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So even in England, just like the U.S., you know, he was getting teased for being of mixed race, but there's a statue of him in Dublin, Ireland now. Bet. (laughs) He didn't have any trouble. It didn't sound like he had too much trouble. It sounded like he was pretty popular in, uh, in Dublin. Or in Ireland, so. Those forgiving little leprechauns. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got today. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, lots of awesome black musicians, for sure. Prince, my favorite by far. I was purposely avoiding uh, <laughs> doing any research on him, because I know you probably know more right off the top of your head than what I'm going to find. You, Someone even bought you a book. You did. <laughs> Yeah, no, I won't talk about Prince. I think everybody knows about Prince. And well, awesome and that's why I was trying to find some that were a little more not as well known. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Jimi Hendrix. You've got some of the. I'm not going to name more now because I may use them. <laughs> <laughs> so way back a long, long time ago in the land of Omaha, Nebraska, when I was a keynote writer at my cousin's bar, the Saddle Creek Bar. Um, the Thursday nights, like bands would come in and out. 311 was there a lot. The fish heads. I love the fish heads. There's a whole story about the fish heads and me, but, um, the Jimi Hendrix re-experience. And there was a guy who knew Jimi Hendrix that was in this band and that blew me away. I loved that so much (laughs) to hear that. And just this little bar in Omaha, Nebraska, like it was really great. So Jimi Hendrix was before my time and it's not something that my sister listened to. So I got it in the, you know, 80s, 90s um, from Jimi Hendrix re-experience in this bar. (laughs) (laughs) But it does make you feel good to hear it. Like it's, it is really great music. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm not sure what the bright sides are because there is no bright side to slavery. I'm glad that these people got out and there's stories to tell, but it makes me sad that there's so many stories that go unheard. True. So maybe some of our listeners have stories they'd like us to share. I would love that. I hear stories and a lot of them are, you know, I hear stories on the national news or whatever, and then those are already out there. I want to find some of the lesser known things um, like you did. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I will continue to keep an eye out and anything that I hear, I will share because these stories, I think, can help us bridge that gap because it seems like racism has come back once again. I don't think that it was ever really gone, but it's like changes. Yeah, it's like reared its ugly head again and said, hey, I'm still here. Right. Um, this last year. So can't we all just get along? It's going to take people on every side, though, to get yeah. along, for sure. For sure. Yep. I agree with that. So, and I think some wounds need healed and some open ears and open hearts and some willingness on both parts um, to come together in a new way to finally heal that divide. But with, like, your gal from the uh, University of Hawaii, until we acknowledge what the contributions and... Um, just acknowledge what these folks have done, mm-hmm. you know, how are we going to move on? So acknowledgement. In my research, there is so many um, black women who did amazing things. The first cataract surgery or even thinking the, the pioneer of creating cataract surgery was an African-American woman. Like there's all kinds of stories about these female doctors, um, scientists, like it is rich in that. Um, but I, those were like more common stories that kind of everybody who goes to Google, you know, it pops up first. Oh, gotcha. So um, it, I would encourage everybody to take some time and just put in the Google machine, <laughs> <laughs> you know, these, whatever you want to Google about um, African-American doctors and history or whatever. There is so many And um, I don't think that they got the credit that they deserved in their time. Oh, I'm sure they didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the other bright side is I am actually paying attention to my own health and I'm going to make changes about it. (laughs) (laughs) I shall appreciate my vessel. Uh, What are bright sides for you? Um, Bright sides are I have a new appreciation for... My dad, um, not that I didn't before, but, you know, this was kind of a close call. We didn't know if he was going to come home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take take time, spend time with the people that you have because you might not have them forever. You mm-hmm. won't have them forever. You might not have them long. Yeah. So, but my dad did get, um, he's gotten both of his COVID shots because he was in the nursing home. My mom has had one of hers. So hopefully they will be around longer. That's good. Not saying they were going to get the COVID, but right. now I have at least can breathe a little easier that that's one less thing I can have to worry about. For sure. So that's my bright side right now. That's good. Yeah. So if you guys would like to talk to us, we would like to talk to you. So don't be shy. Email us <laughs> at hello at brightsideofcrazy.com or rose at brightsideofcrazy.com or barbara at brightsideofcrazy.com. And uh, let's talk. Let's chat. Let's have virtual tea. We got the Zoom machine, too. We can uh, bring you in. You don't have to show your face. We just use the Zoom machine to record the audio. So don't be shy. Or if you just want to send us stuff that you want us to regurgitate on our uh, podcast, we can do that, too. Yes. So until next week, be awesome. Give us something to talk about so Barbara doesn't have to do as much research. Okay? Bye. Bye.